Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Bretton Cliff's Flea Circus. My name is Cliff. Hello, I'm Cosmic Allen. All right, Cosmic Allen, nice to see you. Um, it's been a couple of weeks, and I have to Cass. say, I came into this recording session with excitement and trepidation. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should never have, have trepidation when you know, you're speaking to me, ever. Mm-hmm. Should you? Oh, well. Why, why the trepidation? <laughs> In case I was out of practice, had no crack, couldn't remember any stories. It is. Do you think that's going to be the case? And is one, that more, a good start? one more thing is, I've got a swollen gum, and I've got a bit of a lisp because of it. <laughs> a swollen gum. Mm-hmm. That's no good. Mm-hmm. Do that's you right. use the mouthwash? I'm using uh, an antiseptic mouthwash right now. Uh huh. That's what uh, <laughs> Right now, yeah. Can you? Tell? Yeah. <laughs> <I> can. <laughs> to try I can hear and, the uh, you know. Relieve the swelling. Uh-huh. But I went to the chemist, um, the pharmacy. We say chemist, but it's a pharmacy in it. We went, I went to the chemist and uh said, Hey pet, have you got any of that antiseptic <laughs> mouthwash? And mm-hmm. she went, uh, yeah, no mouthwash, you say, is it? I went, Yeah, put the antiseptic one for an infection or something. Mm-hmm. And she went, No, I don't have any of that. I've got this stuff, it's not mouthwash, you've got to gargle it. And I'm thinking that is mouthwash. Do people drink the mouthwash? <laughs> <laughs> well, in South Shields, they do. They'll drink out, won't they? As we all know. Which is, is why they take, <laughs> Which is why they had to take the alcohol content out of the hand wash yes, in the I hospital. Um, but yeah, but I was thinking, but that's that's exactly what I want. And you work in the pharmacy. Like I want the mouthwash that uh-huh. Resolves the that, issues. Uh-huh. It's, it's, what a terrible pharmacist. That's all I'd say. Well, what was the alternative? I'm just saying, yeah, but you've got, this is the one you've got to gargle. What do people do with the mouth? Well, I do, like, people do gargle it. You put it in your mouth, swizzle it about for about a minute, gargle it and spit it out. That's I the be rule honest, of the Brett, I'm, not, I'm not gargling it. No fucking chance. You're not gargling <laughs> it. Well, I'm not a gargler, to be honest. I'll do I just the swilling about. about. I'll uh-huh, do the about. Aye, my throat's not the issue, like. to be honest. The very top of yeah. my throat, like I'm just trying I'm to bounce, that, you never bounce know. the water around <laughs> the liquid. I'm not, I'm not bothered about that. 
the infection could be coming from your throat. Who I'll knows? You, it's coming exactly from where my wisdom tooth is. I know where, I know where it's coming oh, from. No, it's fucking no. killing. No. No, well, you know, I don't like teeth, so I'd like to end this conversation. Okay, you don't like the teeth, right? I don't like the you know, That'll I don't be like why the you've teeth. Been I hate that. On a, on a hell-bent to destroy yours <laughs> with sweets since you were a young man. <laughs> Uh, that's not true. I, I don't actually eat sweets. I did uh, when I was very young. I would, I would say I was addicted to the sweets, but uh, no longer. No longer. I am. I, I've been meaning to ask you this for a few weeks, to be honest. So we might as well now because uh-huh. it's been brought up. You have an addictive personality, Brett. I think I, I think yes. it's fair to say that, but I think you've said it yourself. So I, I have said it myself. That's true. Um, I think I'm a binger. I'm a glutton. Rather than a, You're a addictive, uh, I, so if I start eating something, I can't stop, and it's only sweets, biscuits, uh, and crisps. I would say. Right, I was going to say something. No, I'll not say it. Don't say it. I'm trying to be serious. Good. I, wasn't I can't. Is this is a bag of Haribo. I can't. I, I can't let it. Bag of Haribo. I can't leave it. You can't leave it alone. You can't yeah. let it be. Even can if you? it's not mine, like if you fancy one of these, I'll just have them all, even though it's one else's. <laughs> I can't. I can't stop. I'll See just ya. like I'll I'll uh-huh. shove them in me mouth, and I, the same with the biscuit. I'll have a little biscuit. That'd be nice with it. With a cup of tea. God, I can't yeah. just stop. I've got to have them all. So you have and to also eat the whole packet. It's like ashamed behavior because I'll do it like when Jane's not around. Like I'll I'll, I'll oh, yeah. have, hide yeah. in the bathroom and that. I won't hide, but I'll uh, I might shove a couple in like. Hold them in my hand while I walk through until I go and brush my teeth. Like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Uh, do you think Jane would stop this behavior if she knew about it? Is that why you're she, hiding it? She'd probably try and help us out with me worrying behavior, to be honest. But you don't want that to happen. You don't want any help, do you? You know, at that stage. I was, I'm just ashamed of it at the moment, but this is my attempt of getting it out in the open. Well, you know, I've got no advice for you. I, I can't. I wouldn't uh, do it with like it. chips. Stop buying biscuits. That's my advice. I know, but there you go. You know that they come to work sometimes. What the biscuits come to work? Mm-hmm. That's a great day when the biscuits come to work. Isn't I guess it? sometimes I guess then. Are the biscuits coming to work today? What? Is that what you say to your colleagues? No, I say please, no biscuits today. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, no biscuits, Mister Biscuit Man. Please leave. That's what you say. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you, you last week we didn't do one because you were in like Paris. I was in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. I, I what was didn't that think like? We'd be able to do one, but it wasn't going to work out, was it? Like I was in a, a hotel. I was in a hotel room for about an hour every day because I was pretty busy, and I was thought we'd be able to squeeze it in. But that's not the best way to do it, is it? Like just rush it off. It's, didn't have a microphone. Not. So don't, yeah, they don't have good. Wi-Fi in the land of Frontier. I, I had the Wi-Fi, I just, I just didn't have the microphone. Um, but what I was going to say was uh, the hotel was an alright yes. hotel. Tell you one thing that gets us about Paris. I was I was staying the French. Just apart from that, I was staying just off the Champs de Lycée. You've you've heard of it, I think. I've I've heard of that. So is it the, like a cream the, cake? It's very much like a cream cake, but imagine the cream cake isn't a cream cake and it's a massive mm-hmm. street with shops down either side of it. <laughs> very much like a cream cake. <laughs> a custard slice. <laughs> yeah, take the two halves of the... Um, what's it called? 
Put the custard in half. Put the custard in half. Anyway, right, I'm doing it. Um, anyway, so what I was thinking was, right, it's a massive fancy street, big yes. hotels on it, fancy uh-huh. hotels, the most like famous shops in the world, Dior. You just turn a corner, sex shop, brothel, sex shop, <laughs> tramp. <laughs> like, <laughs> much in, well, you know, it's just like any street, and this. Do you know what I mean? And that's what they can I give think, it a fancy cream cake name. And that's what I thought. It's just about like any Paris, other street. Yeah. That's what I thought when I, I got off the train in Gare du Nord and I had a bit of time. I would, it wasn't staying anywhere near there, but I had a bit of time to kill. And I thought, I'll get off here and I'll walk for a couple of hours, just, just wander, get the lay of the land, get out some uh-huh. breakfast or whatever. And honestly, I got off there and I was walking and I thought, this is like getting off the train at Central Station in Newcastle and walking down Granger Street. It's like Aye. I was like, it's no. It's different. now special. It, it's Apart like, from that tower and that. Well, obviously, there's it? some there's some stuff that makes it a kind of magical place, or it ha- gives it that reputation. But just are you talking you, about the catacombs? You, Did you, you get know, into the catacombs, Cliff? Yeah, of course. Did you? Like I said, I was, you had there, to, didn't you? Stayed there for eight hours. Um, uh-huh. Very silent. Well, like the outskirts of Paris, and that like rough the shit on. Yeah, well, that that's, was the that's, thing. that's where all the football has come from, isn't it? It is all like um, it is like any city when you just just below yeah. the, the the best bits. It can be uh-huh. anywhere, right? Like it, it 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 has that this kind of mystique that really it can be busted really easily <laughs> by turning down the wrong corner, the wrong, like turning <laughs> the wrong corner. But anyway, like, I enjoyed it. It was two, it was two days and it was, I was there for work and it was full on work, but part of the work uh-huh. was eating in some nice restaurants and I really, really and drinking wine, had some, yeah. And drinking wine, which I'm not a wine drinker, Brett. And I had not really work. Is this, is this not really work? That is it. I mean, I would I would say walking around for four hours isn't work, but you will tell me that something different. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> but um, you had a nice time, did you? Yeah, it was good. You know, I didn't have a lot of time on my own, but I did manage mm-hmm. to go for a couple of beers on my own and have a little bit, not a sightsee, but just to wander around. It's nice, you know, like get some headphones on, listen to some music, walk around the city and just take some time for yourself. When you get it, uh-huh. it's nice, whatever that city might be, you know, like we all live really busy lives and we're with people all the time. And I was with people for the majority of that trip. So those little bits of time when you just, you don't even need to explore, do you? But you just walk around somewhere new. And you, can and you found yourself in. in the sex shop. What a and surprise. And I found myself in the catacombs. And the sex shop. What a, what a surprise. Well, it was my birthday last week. I know, and that was the other thing I was going to say. Um, yeah. Before we move on to your birthday, right next huh. to me hotel, there was a little yes. like corridor running into like an indoor little shopping centre, and there was one uh-huh. sign for a shop at the edge of it, and it said, spy shop, surveillance, cameras, espionage. <laughs> <laughs> espionage. Surely they wouldn't just advertise espionage like that, would mm-hmm. you? Just go in. It's there a secret of business, your... isn't it? Well, Everybody now I knows know where that. They get that stuff from. <laughs> so it was funny, like a spy shop. Did you go in? So out of Did the you open, have a look? 
It had a massive red and yellow. Was it, was it like the gadget shop in the Metro Center? It was a bit like that, but uh, did like, it have hovering planes and that? It did, but they and had stuff like, you'd never buy. <laughs> <laughs> but you always went into that shop, didn't you? For some reason, of course, yeah, never bought it. Had like a, they had like a porky pig, but it was a telephone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Daffy Duck and that telephones. Not really a gadget, is it? Well. Alexander Graham Bell might disagree. Oh, I don't think but there you it go. A gadget. Do you have you seen me gadget? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen what I've invented? Can it can he gadget that, Alex? <laughs> the revolutionized <laughs> communication. <laughs> you Scottish twat. What are you doing? The world will <laughs> never be the same again. I can he gadget. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was your birthday. You turned mm-hmm. 41. I will be there very soon. Yes. Um, what did you do? How did it go? How are you feeling? I, I, I lazed about in that pretty much. Um, I went to the pub. It was any day. Yeah, I went. To, I went to the local Witherspoons um, mm-hmm. the day before my birthday with the family. Mm-hmm. You know, the oh. wife, me, mom, and dad, and everything. Very enjoyable. Uh, uh, the wife nearly got thrown out. Okay, what well, was the behaviour? The behaviour was she was pretending to be a New York cop, so she was. <laughs> She was she was shouting things like FYI and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but that was rather funny. So when Ellie got turfed out with it, she might have went, fuck off. <laughs> Is that how they all talk? <laughs> after, after our second warden from the manager, she okay. might have said that. <laughs> what were you drinking? But in yeah, there? that was I was drinking various things. I, I actually I had a few shots, which I don't normally do. Mm. But that didn't affect my behaviour in any way. I was no. perfectly fine. Although I did Was there stumble. any uh, sleeping pension at Buckaroo taking place? <laughs> there was none of that. The geography uh, teacher, unfortunately, for, for me, wasn't in. And you I probably, haven't seen him for years. I know what you're going to say. Don't say that. Don't yes. say that. Don't say that. He's perished. So, yeah, it was very relaxing. Then uh, I, I went to my sister's. Eat? Yeah, obviously, you know, I ate. I had I had a burger, which you know is my favorite sandwich, mm-hmm. as everybody knows. Yeah, and and uh, and wings and that, and we just had you know it was good. It was good fun. The the wife didn't actually do anything. To be perfectly honest, the the, um, the manager who you know we could tell from his wookie bag that he kept carrying around with him that he, he was a wrong. <laughs> the power has gone to his head. Could you tell Completely. from the get-go? I could tell. I could tell from the get-go. His beard, you know, it didn't sit right on his face. <laughs> so, um, I mean, this any listeners from Shields will be fascinated by this mm-hmm. next question. But um, obviously, I know the layout of that weather spoons. Whereabouts were you? Hey, hey, you don't. You don't, no? you know, because it's all different now. Really? You'd be surprised, well, eh? Well, why don't you explain the new layout to us then? No, I'm not going <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? I am an architect or summit. I'm not, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, you can remember. You're a man who can remember where things are. I'm not a man who can remember it's where the bar things are. The simplest. It's, a, it's a lot. No, it's a lot bigger. And plus, there's it can't not be even... Bigger. It can't be bigger. It is the bigger. Same building. <laughs> It's not the same building that's been extended in some magical way. The building's I don't been know extended. How. Oh, yes. <laughs> the building's been no, extended. Ab- absolutely no chance. 
well, I'm telling you it has, right? You'll okay. be, when you're up, you're well, going to be here soon. Weeks, exactly. I'll take you there unless, you know, I'm bored, which is a possibility. I also, I might just not want to go there, go somewhere better. <laughs> well, why not? Why don't you? Why wouldn't you want to go there? I mean, well, apart from that manager, man. Yeah. I think. Yeah, he might. <laughs> He might chuck you out. But yes, it was a very enjoyable week. I had a okay. week off work and all that shit. So yeah. Good. Good, good, good. Did you get any presents? I did. I'm going to Liverpool. Oh. Which yes, is what I should have, yeah. I should have done for me uh, before you. So yeah, yeah. And, and actually you you're here at the same time. So you know, you might be able to come, didn't I? I'll I doubt it. I'll tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. I didn't when think you so. But I thought I'd ask you. Um, it's like I didn't have the actual dates. I'll have to find the dates. Okay. But um, protecting your house against the robbers. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving the lights on, you know, mm-hmm. as you do. Of course, leave the radio so can... on because all houses yeah. have a radio playing twenty four seven. They most certainly do. Exactly. <laughs> You know, one no, of the good I'm things about that. being away was that I got to watch about eight films on the plane there and back. How long, how long did it take you to get there? Eight hours, seven hours on the way back. So I watched about... I yeah, don't, I I've never been on a plane for that long. What's that like, Cliff? Do you have special socks that you wear? There's um, no socks. To stop the clots? No, no, I don't have the clots. Uh, you don't know, though? That's the thing, do you? I keep you, moving. You've got to wear the socks. What do you do? How how do you keep moving on a plane? Just keep moving my legs. Like we, I let my legs tap dance while I'm sitting. Right. So you, you watch loads of films in that. Mm-hmm. Would you like what? us to run through them? You can tell us whether you've heard of any of them. I will. Plane films. This is how I've titled this bit plane of life. Plane films. <laughs> right, um, okay. Candyman 2021. Shit. Have you seen it? Yes, it's absolutely it shit. shit. I, I thought it was all right. Shit. I thought it was absolutely shit. I, th- I thought as soon as the, the woman had a, a Joy Division top on, she was definitely <laughs> going to die. And uh, she did. It was stupid that big because the guy, she just kept saying, it's a real atrocity exhibition. And then the guy was like, yeah, fucking hell, like there's something wrong about this. And she went, I, yeah, there's a real atmosphere in here. And he went, yeah, we all know you like Joy Division, love. You've got a fucking T-shirt on. <laughs> uh, but it's the like, very fact right, that yeah. that called Joy Division, I think, it was the reason why that was in there. That's just my opinion. But there you go. I didn't like it. I, I, I normally like. Is it Jordan Peele? Was he a producer or something? I think he produces any horrors with black people in <laughs> <laughs> well, I like you know I like his films and that. I mean, but, like uh, no, I agree. But I'm saying like I think that's his thing, right? He's he's yeah. uh, bringing more black directors and actors to the forefront because he's made it. Yeah, which um, is fair good. enough. Which, um, yeah, which but, is a good thing. Oh, yeah, but I, I just didn't right. enjoy the film. I just I I didn't enjoy it. It was boring. That's what I thought. So I, there I, you go with that. I think towards the end I got a bit bored because. I just wanted like it to resolve itself a little bit earlier than it did. It wasn't on very long, though. It was only like an hour and a half. It was on on. Anyway, that's long. one. I've crossed it off. I'll put a big X next to it. Right. Uh, okay. not, like, um, the Night House. The Night House. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. It stars Rebecca Hall, 
British actress, right. but she's American in this. Is it about a pub? No, it's about a house. Um, she, who'd have thought it? They've decided to build a house on the edge of a lake. It's remote. Not very many people live nearby and spooky uh-huh. things start happening. Um, Ooh, right. I thought it was pretty Any good. Any good then? Yeah, it's like it's pretty good. So basically, her husband's died, and now she's living there all alone. Um, mm-hmm. And she thinks she's getting messages from him um, in the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these messages start like waking her up, and she's sleepwalking and stuff like that. And it turns out he used to do the same thing. And uh, she's had, obviously, Brett, she's had the mental health problems in the past. No, right. <laughs> I don't want to know anything else about it then. Sick of Actually, that shit. It doesn't go. It doesn't go any further than that. To be honest, she just mentions it. Why? Um, why does everything have to be about that now? I mean, the good things like the Babadook and stuff like that. Brilliant when the, the first started doing it. It's it's exhausted itself now. Just be about monsters, man. Well, the Babadook isn't about mental health problems, but it is. is it? It's about. It is. It is. It is. It definitely is. I don't think it's about <laughs> mental health problem. I think it's about the. Idea. Well, it's, it's about that, grief and uh, and loss and that. Yeah, but I You'll think have to watch the, it again. I think it's the idea that everyone has something dark following them around, whether they have mental health problems or not. I don't think there's mental health problems in that at all. I think it was just I do. the idea right. that everybody has this shadow following them. Uh, well, that's not true. Right, next one. <laughs> um, the pig. Oh, I've heard about. Is this a uh, what's his face? Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage. Is it any good? I've Absolutely heard wonderful. Say it was One good. of the greatest things I've ever seen. Was it? What? What is it? Uh, without spoilers, Cliff. What? What is it about? Okay, so the main is premise, it about pigs? No, it's about one pig. So the main premise mm. is, and I won't go any further into it because it really will spoil it because it's not what you think it's going to be. Um, uh-huh. Nicholas Cage is a loner. He's a scruffy man, and he lives in a, a remote cabin in the forest of Oregon, right. in America. And he has a Nicholas Cage being typecast there. He has a pig, and the pig is an expert at finding truffles. Mm-hmm. Right, you're and with he, us so No far. doubt, no doubt, the pig finds something. The pig, no, the pig finds the truffles. That's what it's good at. Once a week, right. a young yuppie type, an upstart, comes and uh, buys the truffles off him, and he mm-hmm. tries to engage with them, but Cage wants nothing to do with it. Just leave us alone in my cabin, man. Take the fucking truffles, whatever you want. Just leave us uh-huh. alone. Just me and me lovely pig. Somebody uh-huh. breaks in and steals the pig and beats him up. He wakes up. Pig's gone. And now... Now worse. He's trying... And Tell you what he should have done. Need to find my pig. He should have left the radio on, shouldn't he? he and that wouldn't have happened. Uh-huh. Right, um, I'm not too sure about that one. I may watch it. I may. How I, many films does Nicholas Cage make in, in a, a a year? Has he got think, the money troubles? Has he? Well, you know he has because he uh, was left high and dry with his divorce with Lisa Marie Presley, wasn't he? But was he? Is that what it was? Because like him and Bruce Willis are, are the ones at the moment who seem I think to be Willis, making an, an inordinate amount of films. I think uh, I don't understand Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis should just stop making films. I don't understand the. 
Well, I like Bruce Willis. I mean, he's, nah, he's, he's in some fantastic... Well, he is. He's class. But I haven't seen any of these films for the past 10 years I or think seven. the last good film, in my opinion, that I saw him in, and I haven't seen all of these later ones because they all look exactly the same, um, was Looper, I think, the last thing. Yeah, Looper. The thing is about these films that Nicolas Cage and Bruce Willis are in, the covers... Look exactly the same. The Bruce Willis ones definitely do. There's, there's like him, Bruce Willis, and like two people over his shoulder. <laughs> like this with a That's gun. it. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> it. Travolta's doing a very similar thing, isn't he? You must want all uh, the Scientology people. Mm. You know. Maybe he goes the coffers. Um, but the Nick Cage thing, uh, so he goes and tries to get the pig back. And I thought it was going to be a stupid John Wick style revenge thing where he just kills everyone in ridiculous ways to try and find a pig, which obviously would uh-huh. be ridiculous. But it's not that. And actually, it's a lot more poignant. So I would recommend uh, it. Okay. Then I what's also next watched. On the um, list? What's this thing? Samanos. Skip that one. Samanos. I watched the film The Sparks Brothers about the band Sparks by Edgar Wright. All right. Yes, I have heard of that. Very I'm good. not a big Sparks fan. No, like I'm one of, always, I think they're one of those bands that you think you should like and keep, I keep trying. And yeah, then I'm like, I, no, I, I'm, that's I'm quite not. good. And then I don't that, know. I, I, the, the, the bloke with the tash scares us. So, but the, no, the, no, the film is good. It's funny. It's funny and it's clever and it's a documentary. Uh, so there's mm-hmm. some great footage and stuff. Did make us, I enjoyed it very much. It's very well done by Edgar Wright and all the talking heads in it. Some phenomenal people talking about how they love Sparks and why they love Sparks and stuff. So it, it uh-huh. is good. I don't love them. I think if you don't like music at all, it'd be a bit pointless. But um, if you like music, then I think it's worth a watch. Very well done. Right. Anyway, I'll cross that off now. That I it? can't remember what Caramanos was. Oh, I think it said Sopranos. I watched that Sopranos prequel. All right. I've, I was going to watch that one. Any good? Um, I mean, just watch a good gangster film. <laughs> just a crap, good gangster crap, film. It's a crap gangster movie. <laughs> is it? Yeah, hey, I mean, is there a car in it? Does someone drive a car? Does someone drive a car? I, you know what? Somebody might even blow up a car. Oh, do they? I think somebody Again. definitely gets killed in a car. <laughs> I love that bit on Casino when it's blatantly a dummy. At the start. <laughs> they spent all that money on the explosion of the car and you can see the dummy's the dummy. face. Yeah. <laughs> That's just one of my favourite bits of Casino, which is anyway. a wonderful film. Anyway, outside of that, um, I started watching the Oasis Nebworth film this morning at about six uh-huh. It's pretty good. Right. All right. I haven't seen that either. I'm still getting not very good with the with these these films. Although I did go at the pictures and see the Batman. Oh, with did Bane. you? Uh-huh. Tell us. It's probably the fourth best Batman film, I would say. Okay. After... Good. Well, Dark Knight's the best one, isn't it? Because one of the best films ever made, man. Is in that the my first opinion, one in that trilogy. No, it's the second one. The first one's Batman Begins, which is the second best Batman film. I think that's the best one. Well, Batman Begins. Yeah. 
That's all right. I mean, I won't scorn you for it. Don't, please. I won't. I so how's this one? So the fourth best, he's a goth. He's like, ah, he's like a, a, a moody goth. He doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne or whatever. He just wants to be Bat- Batman and stuff. And he doesn't want to be Bruce it's Wayne. It's very, very, he doesn't want to be, but he hates Bruce Wayne. He wants to leave all that stuff behind. And there's a lot of Kurt Cobain stuff in there and, and stuff. He's like, Kurt Cobain didn't want to be a rock star, did he? But he liked his music. Similar sort of stuff. It's like that. It's different. It's more detective based, which I liked. Yeah, one of the lads that works. I enjoyed it. more like seven than a like superhero film. Yeah. Yeah, it was very much like seven. It's always raining and stuff, and I. But I, I enjoyed it. The Ben enjoyed it as well, but not as good as Batman Begins or The Dark Knight First. Batman Begins, Batman nineteen eighty nine. I think they're better. okay. But there you go. Um, Still good though. I'm like just a bit annoyed by the Batman because it's pretentious as fuck. <laughs> but something he's called the Batman, isn't he? Quite a lot. I know, but... The criminals refer to him as the Batman. I know, but and I it's think... on for three hours, so you're not going to watch it. And apparently, the last hours like nonsense. So definitely, it's not nonsense. Could it do without? No, it's it? not nonsense. What well, the last hour? Yeah. Well, not really. You wouldn't know what how it finished. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I will go and see it. Probably go and see it next week. Uh huh. Well, yeah, there you go. I'll let you know what happens after that. I was going to ask you about uh, some kind of cleaning stuff, but I won't bother tonight. No, I don't bother because, yeah, don't, I don't want, nobody wants to know that. There was a lot at work who listened to the podcast, and he, uh, he says, uh, Oh, I, you know, I, I listen to it and stuff. You started talking about like bathroom <laughs> stuff, and I switched it up. <laughs> so there you go, Claire. Maybe I should mention it earlier every week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Cliff! Do you think all cyclists are uh, foolish? I do. Why? They're just so they're just daredevils, aren't they? They don't care if they get run over. Cyclists, do they? Well, I think I they mean, enjoy it. And the and then over. they blame the drivers. Don't the they? car run me over. Some some nutcase. I was at the nuke, and he, I was just pulling out and stuff like that. I mean, it was me knob. I was pulling out. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> and then he just whizzed right in front of us like a madman. I mean, do you know what I mean? Who are these people? I, I mean, I hate Jeremy Clarkson. I don't want to sound like them, but I don't like cyclists. So they. Well, go. I don't know why they all have to wear the full get up just to go. To the well, he was, this fellow wasn't <laughs> even in the full get up. He was more like a twatter. Oh, was he? Okay. Well, that might, well, might explain it. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about this week, Brett? I don't know. I didn't even uh, listen to anything or out like that. Nothing. <laughs> Only joking. Okay. We're talking about because Bob Dylan, we we? start talking about a loofah if you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for next week. <laughs> is We're that the sequel to about... <laughs> Yeah, it is. More bath piss. Um, <laughs> um, we're so, talking about Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. On and the, the tracks. reason that we're talking about this is it's one of, if not, as you told me, your favourite album. True or is, not true? I think it is my favourite album of all time. I think it is. Of all um, time. Better uh, than Revolver. 
yeah, for me, yeah, I think it's my favorite album. Uh, I started listening to it again a couple of weeks ago. So the thing is, it's one of those things that if I ever I'm in a bit of a mood or I'm a bit sad uh-huh. or yeah. I don't know, something bad's going on. And it, to be honest, right now, I can't remember what that would have been a few weeks ago, but something was going on that kind of put us in a bit of a funk. And uh-huh. uh, this is genuine. This is generally the album that I put on. It's your go-to album, is it? It is, you... but like, it's not a... Bob Dylan himself said he doesn't understand why people like this album. I don't understand why people would enjoy listening to such pain and misery, he said. Um, well, it, it surely... He thought that people would like it because I mean, he, he, he? He, he does know that, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> but it is that it is that thing, like, but why? Why wouldn't I listen to, like, I'm walking on sunshine or something like that? But uh, this is the thing. <laughs> but you, you want to listen to something that matches your mood, don't you? Yeah, but also, like, I'm not going through a divorce. I'm not doing any of these things, so it doesn't really match any of those things, you know what I mean? But it's No, but like, it, didn't, it doesn't have to, it, it, just, just the actual mood of it. Mm. If that matches your mood, then you don't have to be going through the same thing. Yeah, of course, and it never like, did. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> because it, 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 like the other album of Bob Dylan's we talked about, it, it's very similar, isn't it? it? It's all about like, or it seems to be all about, Bob Dylan says it's not, but it seems to be about um, splitting up with his wife or whatever, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But he, it, in Bob Dylan fashion, he's going, nah, it's not about that. So yeah, It's all about time. So this is all of. This is a breakup album regarded as one of the greatest breakup albums that came out came out in 1975. Um, uh-huh. It came out on Columbia a record label, which is where he spent most of his career, but he had had two years on Asylum Records um, before right, he came yeah. out with a couple of albums, a few albums on there. Um, and yeah, it's well known as a breakup album, but he says it's not about breaking up with his wife, even though he was breaking up with his wife at the same time. It's mm-hmm. just based on a series of Chekhov plays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and I read as well that it was about time and stuff like that. Like he, he was, he had some uh, art classes and mm-hmm. things, and the, the bloke who he was having the art classes with, he had a certain vision of time, and that's what he tried to incorporate into okay. the songs. They might all be part of it, but I don't think you can deny that the majority of these songs and the lyrics seem to suggest that there's some bad stuff going on with the lady. <laughs> well, yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. But in, in typical Dylan style, he's just saying, no, it's not that, isn't he? I mean, even his son said it, it's like me, mom and dad talking to each other or whatever. Yeah. And he still went, no, no, it's not. And as soon as that, some of the recording sessions, right, when they started, when they redid it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read that. So this yeah. album... Um, came out in 1975 was recorded in 1974 the uh he recorded it in new york in four days it's 10 songs mm-hmm. long went in a new york studio back where he had recorded loads of stuff in the past where he had first done his recordings and uh yeah he knocked out these songs in four days with like just a couple of people uh and nobody kind of knew what was going on and couldn't believe and how like kind of unprofessional it was. He didn't really mm-hmm. talk to the two or three musicians. He'd got a producer to bring a couple of a drummer and a guitarist in uh, and an organ player, I think. And he didn't 
interact with them. He didn't talk to them. He just started playing a song and told them to follow it. They said they never recorded like that before. He was just changing things as he was going. And he was well, just why telling- would you? I mean, he, he sacked certain people because they couldn't keep up with him, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but how can you expect musicians just to come in without any instruction? I know. <laughs> I know. Um, and just know your mind or whatever. And he was saying, like, just play along, like, keep it. He was saying, oh, it's, it's, it goes into the bridge after this, like any other bridge, like, just play. play. But does it know that there's loads of different key changes, <laughs> also, especially got, with his just, voice? And he's got his guitar tuned to a really weird guitar tune. Uh-huh. So the chord changes it, aren't the same as they would be. Well, they're not, and because it, it goes to different keys that you don't expect when he's singing as well. A lot of the choruses go to, like different keys. So, yeah. how are they supposed to keep up with that? <laughs> well, I think he was being kind of willfully obtuse, which is obviously yeah. how he's he's mo most of the time. Anyway, he recorded mm-hmm. this album. They pressed it. They had a test pressing of it, and uh, he decided he didn't like it. So he went in to Minnesota, where he's from and recorded it again. And the final yeah. album is a mixture of those two sessions, the five from one and five from the other. Um, uh-huh. I think you can, basically the downbeat acoustic-y ones where you can hear him scratching the strings and stuff like that are from the yeah. New York sessions, which he kind of deemed was a bit, was all a bit one note and a bit miserable. So he recorded some of the more upbeat numbers with a full band in Minnesota yeah. with, uh, again, Didn't like... He's- didn't Not, his brother have something to do with that? His brother produced like half that album or something, like but he wasn't brother was like a, a manager or something at the time of some other musicians. And there was the guitarist that he managed who came in to play the guitar and he brought someone in or something. And his brother was mm. like, yeah, he was in the recording studio, maybe half producing it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's probably meant that Bob Dylan was producing it himself. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, so you've got but this kind would, of half, I, half I, I don't think that Bob Dylan would give his brother any credit whatsoever if I he wasn't there. Was. I don't think he's that type of guy, is he? No, no, I think his brother was there, but I don't know whether he recorded yeah. it. I think there's Bob Dylan, like Neil Young, has like done a lot of stuff, but then not given himself credit for it. Like he put a pseudonym on there or he'll say someone else yeah. has done it. And I think that might uh-huh. be one of these situations. Um, but yeah, all the right. first sessions were all very down and acoustic in apparently very desolate and that album as a whole is, was bootlegged pretty much straight after this came out which never came out officially um until this day you can get all of the songs and put them all together in a run of 10 if you wanted to mm-hmm. but you can't get them all officially in one place um but anyway i love this album like i say it's one mm-hmm. of those that i go back to and listen to all the time I, even though there's about three million words on it i think i know every word on it I think I know right. all of the weird, like you say, inflections and key changes and changes of voice uh-huh. and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but what about you? I've rattled on for ages. Well, I've, I've listened to this. I've listened to it before. I think the main reason that I've listened to it before is uh, the the lyric "Blood on the Tracks" was in uh, an Oasis song. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember which one. <laughs> but, um, uh, the first one I'll be here now. That's right. I. What's that one called you know again? What I mean. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So that, that was in there. So I thought, oh, I'll listen to that and stuff. Because I, I am, a, you know, I do like Bob Dylan. I, I prefer the 60s stuff to the later stuff. But, uh, yeah, I've heard it before, and I listened to it twice. I think it's all right. 
You don't love it? That is my that is my opinion. Okay. And there's one song on that album which I think is absolutely genius. Okay. Uh, which I don't know if you can guess which one do you think that one might be? I think the first song is the most genius song on the album, but that might not yeah, be. Yeah, because the, the first one is the one that I've definitely heard a lot more yeah. Than, yeah. than any other one, um, which is Tangled Up in Blue, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But no, you're wrong. Wind. No, it's not that one oh. either. The favourite one is Buckets of Rain, which I think is okay. just genius and then the reason i like that one so much and i hadn't actually i can't remember hearing it before is because i like i think i've said before the best dylan for me is when you think he's like sitting next to you playing do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it, you can it's almost like he's there with you and in, in buckets of rain it's very much like that it's very simple and just him on the acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and, a, and a bass or whatever. I mean, that's my favourite one. The 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 first one, like I say, I've heard that, I must have heard that a million times and stuff like that, like the essential Bob Dylan. Yeah, that's which, always on best ofs and yeah. isn't it? Uh-huh. But the other, the, the other ones and stuff like that, I, I just think they're okay. I, I like them. I don't dislike them in any way or anything like that. But... I prefer the 60s, Dylan. But the the, okay. the weird thing is, is that there's there's certain songs that do sound a lot like 60s, Dylan. I think I, mean, I think you're right, yeah. Like Shelter from the Storm and stuff, I really like that one as well. And that, that one sounds very, very 60s, Dylan-y, and I, mm-hmm. I really like that one too. But there's, there's like a few in the middle, which I didn't add. Maybe the album, it needs a lot of listens to uh-huh. appreciate. Do you know well, what I mean? It's not something that you, you can pick up. Nice talking to you. See you later. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> but I um, think that's no, I true. agree. So here's my thoughts on, on it as a whole. I never used to like those ones in the middle that are different. Mm-hmm. I used to like the acoustic ones, the sad yeah. storytelling ones, or the straightforward storytelling ones. Tangle Up and Blue is not a straightforward story, but it still is. A song, storytelling. There's a story. Uh-huh. There's a lot of wordy lyrics, but it's this guy did this, this girl did this, this guy did this, this girl did this. We did this, we did that. Blah blah blah. Simple yeah. twist of fate again. You're a big girl now again. Idiot wind is like one of the nastiest songs ever recorded in the history of songs. I think. Um, <laughs> I just think that like shakes you out of your tree after two quite downbeat and quiet songs that I just think that is like fucking hell. I can't believe mm-hmm. anybody actually released a song like that, like how angry and nasty it is in its lyrics and its delivery. But anyway, uh, then you've got like the kind of you're going to miss, you're going to make me lonesome when you go, which is very like doom, 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 very upbeat yeah. kind of thing. Uh-huh. Meet me in the morning, which is like a kind of nothing blues song, like it's it doesn't go anywhere. It's a bit dirgy. Mm-hmm. Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts, which seems to stand out like a mile with the rest of the album. This seven-minute kind of yeah. over-the-top fairy tale kind of thing with flutes and stuff like, like that. Bank on it. robberies and stuff going on in that one, isn't there? And I think with those three, it takes you out of the initial feeling of it. Uh-huh. And then you go back into If You See Us Say Hello, which is a fucking devastating song, I think. Then Shelter from the Storm. 
and then book the terrain. And I think it eases off again in its uh, uh-huh. anger and misery as you get through those last three songs. Um, uh-huh. And I didn't, like I said, those middle ones, I was always a bit like, well, fuck hell, you've, you've just kind of spoiled the mood a bit here. No, but uh-huh. spoiled a bad mood by trying to make it better. Uh, but I do think having listened to the demos and the original versions and all of that, it would be very samey if every song had that, like the same yeah. chord tunings, uh, tunings and chord changes and, and delivery. Mm-hmm. So I do think that having listened to the alternatives and wondered what it might be like, you do need those things. And, and you're right. I've been listening to this album since I was 18, let's say. So 22 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. And I didn't love all of those ones. Meet Me in the Morning, I've only kind of just got in the last few years, I think. And also... So I, is I, it something that's grown on you? For sure. It, those it, it, over have. time. I think I've always yeah. loved the album as a whole, but thinking about it, those songs, I think the strength of me love for the first three, the last three, kind mm-hmm. of made up for the ones I was a little bit apathetic about. Um, yeah. and I, I loved those so much. I still classed it as like one of my favorite albums. And then I think I mean, over time when I've started liking those ones and getting them, mm-hmm. um, it's just What I think it. is clever about this album from a songwriting point of view, not that I'm a songwriter, do you know what I mean? But like, it's like the, sh- the shift in sort of narrative. Sometimes yeah. it, it's like in the first person. Amazing, yeah. And, and then he'll shift it and it'll be, you know, from a different point of view. That's mm-hmm. really clever. I think it's stuff amazing. Because like songs don't do that, do they? No, not really. And also, if you listen to them doing them, if you listen to the demos, if you listen to them doing them live a year later, mm-hmm. if you listen to them yeah. doing them live now, he change. He still changes it. He, cha- he still changed, evolves. He changes it all the time. Right? Most of these, like these narrative ones, for sure, they're like living things. Those stories mm-hmm. are like living stories, and he, it's a little bit like when you tell a story to. I might tell a story to you, and then I might mm-hmm. go and tell it to Jane. I'll tell it a little bit different, probably, even if I don't. Chinese mean to. whispers. Yeah, but even if I don't mean to, it'll be a couple of things different. It'll be different, I, and yeah, I feel yeah. like these songs are that and I think because of that they're kind of almost the really in that but they grow and they never end so they will always be kind of fresh because yeah, they're a moment in time whenever you hear them or whenever you're singing them but I also mm-hmm. think it really roots them in that real storytelling folk tradition that where he came from because that's how these songs yeah. that's how folk songs evolve isn't it like people playing them to each other then somebody mm-hmm. plays it to somebody else and they get passed along and I, and I yeah. feel like I don't know whether that's just a really wanky way of trying to analyze how he writes songs or what this is all about, or whether he's, he is that much of a genius that he thought. Well, he's I, th- I think into that. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I think he, he set out with the uh, idea initially to shift the narrative, hasn't he? Because he's the ones writing the songs, isn't mm-hmm. he? So he's deliberately done that, hasn't he? Which yeah, is, yeah. It, it's not how you normally write songs. <laughs> no, it's normally. With one lover or whatever complaining about the other one. Yeah. But then it doesn't shift into, into something else. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't do that. And that, that that's what I found really clever about the album. And, that, and that's why I wonder, do you know what I mean? I mean, it, it's when it first came out, it was a bit indifferent. 
reaction to this. Yeah, this it's one of those I've grown in. Yeah, but now it's like, you know, if you look at the lists of like the greatest al- albums of all time, it's, it's always it's on also there, isn't it? one of the, I have a bunch of Dylan albums on like record. I don't have this one. It's like one I really, it's my favourite album it. and I don't have it. <laughs> Why? I shouldn't have it. I don't know. I just never, never bought it. I don't know whether mm-hmm. there hasn't been like a re-release of it. I've never seen it. I don't know, you know, like you can pick up a rumors or something like that for a few quid because so many of them got sold. Uh-huh. Maybe there's just not enough of these original ones or second or third presents knocking around. I don't know. That there's never been like a deluxe edition. I think there's been, you know, how you get those ultimate mastered editions and they're like half speed yeah. and stuff like that, but they're ex- they're like super expensive. I think there's one of those. Uh-huh. I mean, you're talking about 50 quid for an album. And, you know, I love it, but I'm not a fucking yeah. maniac. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the question I had for you, I think, Cliff, is because obviously you're, you're a massive Dylan fan. Mm-hmm. I'll put you on to Dylan. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean at the start? But it's, it's like part of the the sort of the story of Dylan, like finding like unreleased stuff. A bit like I the Beatles is. is. Do you know what I mean? I think it is because he's got so many albums and a lot of it and because he's so elusive and contradictory and because it changes and it's it, different and it, it is changes, different yeah so you can have yeah. it's not like he's done a version of this and all he's changed is the guitar solo you know what i mean uh-huh. or it ended uh-huh. with a fade and now it ends with a sudden stop it's actually different lyrics in a different story because of that so when you're talking yeah. about songs that are story songs that are very seem very personal, and then you mm-hmm. hear a different or the different lyric, you're like, Oh, shit. he was gonna say that, yeah. was he? That would have uh-huh. made it totally different. That would have so meant it, it was more about it, this or whatever. Yeah, so do, do you think that he does that deliberately, or do, do you think that because think obviously so. people who, who love the songs or whatever they want to know who Dylan is, but he, they can never put the finger on him mm. because he's always changing. I, I don't think well, he, does he is. He's always changing the words. I don't think he does it deliberately. I don't think he does it so people can listen to those ones and wonder about it because at you this just point, think it's it's a, it's a, a genius accident. No, but do you think in yeah. the 60s and 70s he was thinking, oh, at some point somebody's going to be able to download all of these versions of these? No, no, of course not. But uh, I mean, there is, but there, there is a, a bootlegs are, are put out there, aren't there? There's, there's always bootlegs that are put out there, and mm-hmm. there always has been, hasn't there? Do you know what I mean? I think he was the which first. Is, which one was it with the the basement tapes? Was the first one I think, um, mm-hmm. or certainly the first one that I know of. And I know he kind of hated that, which is why he brought out the basement tapes album, which is a shocking album, I think. Um, so maybe after that, he was thinking about, you know, people will care about this stuff that I don't even release. <laughs> maybe yeah. he was thinking about that. I I don't. I genuinely don't think so. Um, but at some it's point, weird, he, at some point, he obviously realized they did because he started yeah. releasing them properly. So he must have realized yeah. in the 90s, but people do care about this. It's so weird. Like, obviously, when did that start? Obviously, you're saying it started with it with Dylan and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, people are clowning for the Beatles and, and sort of things that they haven't heard from the Beatles and, and things like that, unreleased stuff. I mean, I was a massive Oasis fan, still am. And I would always love it if I heard a different Oasis track. Like there's a, an album where Noel just sings all the songs, they're all yeah, demos yeah. or whatever. 
and it, it, and I love that, you know, I love that type of stuff. But do you think the level of fandom hadn't like grown or whatever up until the point of like Dylan and the Beatles, where people would do that type think, of thing? I think so. I think, I think it's that level of devotion started with the Beatles, but also, again, I think I love listening to the Beatles outtakes and demos and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you just listen to rehearsals of songs most of the time. You're not listening to anything radically different. You might hear the odd lyric change. You might hear the odd... Yeah. I, I, well, stuff. I think the Harrison thing is is the, the thing where you get that sort of stuff, like the not guilty, mm-hmm. you know, that's on that anthology, which is our, our love. I think yeah. that's absolutely mint. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's that type of stuff that I like listening to and... You know, not necessarily the Mary Jane one. No, me neither. Also, <laughs> I think like I think there was already a level of devotion to Dylan because people hung on his words, right? People like the Beatles. Wait, well, he's were a bad. cultural icon, wasn't he? But there's people is going it, through his bin and stuff like that for like there weren't people doing that with the Beatles. They wanted to see them and touch them and mm-hmm. like fawn over them. But Dylan, like his words, kind of inspired. Kind of mad behavior. Like the, did it? Like uh, he's like the voice of the the, the counterculture and stuff like that in the sixties, isn't he? Although he did he didn't particularly like. Yeah, all and that then people got really did. furious when he said, "I don't, I'm not bothered about that stuff or whatever." Yeah. And he either uh-huh. had a motorbike accident or didn't have a motorbike accident or had one and pretended it was worse than it was or it was worse than people thought it was and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's all of that shrouded mystery he came back and sang in a different way, sang love songs or sang religious songs and cowboy mm-hmm. songs and stuff like that. And it was I really, mean, there's really... even religious songs. On, I mean, Shelter from the Storms, quite religious, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think... Crown of uh, Thorns and stuff. And I, I think uh, what John Wesley Harden, which was his first album after uh, Blonde on Blonde, there's, like, religious imagery and that. It's, mm-hmm. like, he's always toyed with that stuff. But I don't know. I think people paid more attention to the words of Bob Dylan because he's a solo guy just standing uh-huh. there singing the songs. And because his songs are all these, like, these war tales and these protest songs and they're all funny and they were biting and angry. Yeah. I think people had cause to pay more attention to them than they did to most other bands and artists at the time. And I think Mm -hmm. because of that, he had a massive following. And then when it became apparent later that actually there was different versions of this stuff with different words, those people who cared so much about them then had another lease of life to go and look for this stuff. Um, and I think at some point he's realised there's a there's a whole other career in this stuff, and he can start releasing uh, versions two, three, four, five to twenty of the same song, uh-huh. and people will lap it up. Mm-hmm. So, how many how many would you say how many Dylan albums have you you got? I would say, like, let's say there's 50 albums I've probably had on CD, probably had. Because this is 15, this one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I've got all of on CD. I had all of them up to this point and beyond, up to, like, 1980. Up to Slow Train Coming. Uh-huh. So up to Street Legal, I had all of them. And I used to listen to all of them. Some of them uh-huh. much less than others. Right. After, Slow Train, after Street Legal. Slow Train Coming was next, and then you're in the 80s. And then I didn't have 
I, I didn't have all of them and I still don't know them ones that well. Um, and then there's about two or three after that that I love, but most of them I'm not that keen on. But I think from albums four, three to 10 and then 14 and 15 or something, I think they're all great. few in the middle I'm not yeah. that keen on. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, There's a I lot mean, of listening in there, Cliff, isn't there? I know. Well, I used, you know me, I'm like... A, I'm kind of devoted to stuff that I want to listen to. I'll listen to it over and over You're again. You're saying that again. I've got an addictive personality. Well, I said I'm a glutton. I'll listen to it over and over again. <laughs> but yeah, I do. I do very similar things. I mean, I've listened to Booker to Rain loads of times, and it's it's. What do you think class. about Booker to Rain? Then, because for me, it's the most simple song on the album. Yeah, maybe that's why I like it. I, sometimes I think the, the lyrics. There's things... only about there's only about six lyrics in it, or something, isn't it? But I love. It's the, the guitar. guitar. So it's I the, love that yeah. the sound of the guitar. And also, what a lovely, gentle way to end an album that's been full it's, of uh, an entire journey of relationships, yeah. divorce, uh-huh. double crossing, uh, all kinds of stuff. And this is like just a really simple. Like, like I say, I think that's why I think that's why I like it. You know, I, I, I like it. I, I think sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. Uh, well, absolutely. I totally agree with you. But you're like, uh-huh. I know like when it comes to music, you love listening to lyrics. So mm-hmm. a Bob Dylan album, and especially this one, there must be some lyrics in there that stand out. For I knew you, you were going to ask us. I knew you were going to ask us that. And I didn't write end them down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I do... Like the last, the street legal one that we're listening to and stuff like that. I mean, the, the lyrics are great. Do you know what I mean? Don't get us wrong. That They really are. Because he's a poet, isn't he, Bob Dylan? He, that he is. Do you know In what a I way, mean? yeah. But I mean, look at Lily Rose Me the Jack of Hearts. There must be about a thousand words in that song. <laughs> Like it's yeah. massive, and every line's uh-huh. got about ten words in it, and the, it's quick, and it's like a, it's a, it's a yeah. romp, it's a romp in a song, it's a fucking heist movie mm-hmm. in a song. Like it's, Aye, he's, yeah, he's doing different things in there, isn't he? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, there was none to be like I say, I don't know what it is about this album, man. I know it's your favorite. Not the only song that really got us was was Booker Terrain. I, I, I do like. Shelter from the Storm, I think that's amazing. And obviously, I've I've heard Tangled Up and Blue loads of times, but it's not one of my favourite Dylan songs. Okay, I'd much enough. prefer to go back to the 60s and stuff like that okay. with, with Dylan, I think. Well, but that's absolutely fair enough, of course. I'm glad I'm glad I listened to it, though. I'm, that's the thing, do you know what I mean? You know I, what? I mean, I, I have listened to it before. I do think there's a thing where, like, when you start, like, obviously I love it, but you start living with it, listening to the different versions of it it gives you a different appreciation of it and stuff like that and that's a weird yeah. you know that's a really anoraki thing to say um but you know for example i've got a johnny marr version of uh you're a big girl now and i've got uh-huh. uh uh jeff tweedy from wilco doing simple twist of fate um and i've got one of the original the the slow version of lily rosemary and the jack of hearts where you can hear all of the words and hear what the story is. And then when you hear the uh-huh. fast version, you, you know what the story is a bit more. And 
it stops being yeah. like a comedy song, in, which I always thought, why is this stupid song in the middle of this serious album? But then yeah. actually, when you hear this, the original slow version of it, it's it's also a fucking heartbreaking like story. You know, he's there's that bit where he says, and it's not the exact lyrics, but he's basically saying, and I was there waiting for you as agreed. And who was that in the doorway? Oh, no, it's the fucking Jack of Hearts again. And he's, you know, mm. the Jack of Hearts is in the guy who's always going to steal your heart away from us or whatever. And there he is again. Yeah. Who's that in the doorway? Oh, no, it's the Jack of Hearts. Like, yeah. like in the middle of when the fast version, you're just like, you can't even keep up with the lyrics. Yeah, you, you miss it. Yeah, um, yeah the, you miss it. But yeah, I mean, there's some like devastating lyrics in there. Idiot win, like I say, I think it's a, it's just, I, I, I genuinely think it's incredible that a, a mainstream artist ever released a song like that because if you listen to the lyrics, it's, it, it's awful. Like it's, he's really going for it. It's a little bit like you know, positively Fourth Street or like a Rolling Stone in the '60s mm-hmm. in the way that he's just denouncing all these people that want stuff from him. In this case, it sounds like a divorce settlement it might be more than that but it might be mm-hmm. but it might be that um and again this is one of the ones where he changes the perspective of the narrative because it's yeah. all a bit like uh someone's got in for me they said this they said this they said this and then right at the end when he says um where did he because all the way through it's like you're, you're an idiot babe uh-huh. And right at the end, he says, where are you, babe? The last line, right. he suddenly says, where? Where are you, babe? It's a wonder uh-huh. we can even feed ourselves. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> fucking hell. Like, like you, can't yeah. make your man, you can't make your marriage work. He's like, fucking hell. So, like, we fucked this up royally. Like, how on, how yeah. on earth are we even doing anything? And it's like, wow, okay. Um, mm. And again, the, the same, if you see us say hello, there's a demo version of that or maybe it's the new york version that's it's like deficit it sounds like he's kind of half crying on it he's like so involved and you know there's a there's a lyric in there where he's basically saying if you telling somebody me ex is going to be back in town i don't really want to see her obviously because it's weird um Mm -hmm. but you know if you do see her tell her i'm tell her i'm thinking about her tell her i said hello or whatever like yeah. you would just kind of off off the cuff, you know, like oh uh-huh. say yes, say, say hello. But then mm-hmm. by the end of the song, he says, uh I remember the lyrics are actually um sundown yellow moon, I repair, I replay the past. I know every scene by heart, they all went by so fast. So essentially he's saying, like, oh, you know, I used to be seeing her. So she's all right. By the last verse, he's admitting, like, fucking hell, I've never stopped thinking about that, to be honest. Now, think of every single yeah. thing we've ever done. And then he mm-hmm. says, uh, and if she's passing back this way, I'm not that hard to find. Tell her she can look <sighs> me up if she's got the time. <laughs> <laughs> see, that that one, that's that's it. if you see her, say hello, isn't it? And yeah. Uh, that one, it was more like, in my mind, it was like somebody, like, lost love type stuff. Do you know what I mean? Him sort of, he's haunted by the memories of, like, okay. a woman that he shouldn't let go or whatever. That that was, that was, that was in my mind. I was an ex, but it could also be, like, a, an estranged but, kid. Yeah, it could be. 
but that that's a good thing, isn't it? The the very story based. You can you can. It's your own interpretation, yeah. isn't it? That could be. And that's what Dylan that he hasn't seen. You know, like it could be all mm-hmm. of this stuff. I've read it, it as it. an ex that he's like he's ex. But uh, that's the. I think that's a clever thing about his writing is that you can. There is so many different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And when he does change it, and he maybe that them, does so. change your perspective of you know what you originally thought type thing, you know, which is very clever, isn't it? I think so. I mean, I, like like I say, I absolutely love it. I love the the lyrics in it. I think, yeah, like you said, you're going to miss me and meet me in the morning, Lily Rosemary. I never used to get so much, and I think once I started liking those ones, I really like got the whole thing as a whole. Um, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, I just love it, but uh, yeah, maybe it's not for everyone. Um, hopefully, anybody who likes Dylan or likes him a bit can listen to it and appreciate it, um, even if it's not their favorite. But yeah, <laughs> well, you mean me? <laughs> anyone, I mean, people listen and stuff like that. I would recommend it, but it be, people might fall down. No, I, I, would, I, would recommend, I would recommend it, but I mean, I, I always read that it was one of the, the greatest albums ever made. Maybe I've put too much on it, and obviously it, it, it's yours, your favorite album, and I respect your opinion a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it was like I, I was ready to be blown away, I guess, by it. Well, I don't think and it's I, an I album. I think it's that, more like, of a subtle. Thing. Yeah, because it's not going to like smack you in the face and be like, "Love me." Yeah, you've got to love me because it's not that kind of sound. And well, feeling. that's it. You see, maybe maybe that's where it is. Who knows? But that's what I, that was my expectation going in. This is going to be amazing. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to love this. And uh, you know, there was there was a, a good few songs that I did like. But I mean, I love buckets of rain. I think that's that's class. But. I've always really liked that, and I don't know anybody else other than you who loves it. I think most people think that that's a bit of a like wishy washy end of the album. But I've always Do loved you? it. Oh, that's weird. Well, there you go. Because I think people love personality. Shelter from the Storm. Which comes before it, and then this comes after it, and people are like, "Oh well, Shelter from the Storm was like this awesome song, and now you've just got this little throwaway thing." I, I, I don't really like Shelter from I tell the Storm. You, I that tell much. you who, I tell you who does uh, love Bucket of Rain, Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, so favorite Dylan song. Okay, well, would you like to do so, a quiz? I'm with Pretty Woman. Well, good, good for you and her. Yeah. We'd like to do a quiz. Exactly. I'd like to do a quiz. Yes, have you done one? Because I did you know... a quiz about uh, breakup albums. Hopefully, it's not oh. too hard. Um, and if I can read the writing, it'll be easy. Which you can't. Uh, number one, Brett. This is all about breakup mm-hmm. albums. I think it's, it shouldn't be too hard. Which massive singer-songwriter uh, ditched? Massive, the... as in he's good. At the time, he was hugely popular, but he ditched right. his backing band, and in 1987, released the solo album "Tunnel of Love." Tunnel of Love. Um, would this be uh, what's his face? Uh, you might as well face it. You're addicted to love, guy. <laughs> so, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Might no, as well I don't know. face it, it's a turtle of love. <laughs> yeah, that's why I got the last. <laughs> no, I don't know. Come on. 
regale us with the answer. Uh, it was Bruce Springsteen who, after uh, born in the you know, USA, I don't know anything about him because well, that's another one, isn't it? That is you fucking, know, well, it's a question, a quiz. Do you just wanted to ask you it's questions? A, you question, know the well, that would be good. It would show us in a better light. <laughs> well, <laughs> after the massive success of born in the USA, uh, he basically his marriage was falling apart, and he ditched. The E Street Band, although there's a couple of them on some of the songs, and the album he brought out the album Tunnel of Love, which is got synths on and stuff like that, so very different. And it's a very muted album, but there's some great songs on there. But they're all a little bit like this, where he's a bit splitting up and that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your mate, your, your Van Zant wouldn't have been happy about that, would he? Who Van Zant? Nah, uh-huh. you furious. Is, he was already out of there. He ditched him for the history for Born in the USA. Oh, and did he? God, ditch he him for his most famous that. album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he's not happy. A song uh, Bobby Jean's about him. You listen to that. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, number two. Well, this is a long question. I spent a long time writing this one. Ooh. Which soul star released mm-hmm. Here My Dear in nineteen seventy eight? An album that was what the fuck um, designed to pay the label back for its expenses and also a settlement to his ex-wife, who also happened to be the daughter of the label boss. <laughs> I thought you said these songs these questions are gonna be easy. Um let's think. Um Soul Stars with Marital Strife. Mm-hmm. Um well I could uh, can I say two people because okay. I don't know the answer. Yeah. Is it yeah, either Sam, Sam Cook or Marvin Gaye? <laughs> well, Sam <laughs> Cook was dead by this time, so yes, it was Marvin Gaye. Um, oh well Marvin Gaye. So yeah, so uh, Sam um, Who would Marvin... soon to be dead. Yeah, very soon. Uh, three years after. Um I think uh, no Marvin Gaye was married to uh, Barry Gordy's daughter, Barry mm-hmm. Gordy, who run Motown Records. Um, <laughs> basically, they split up, and mm-hmm. Barry Gordy wanted him off the label, and also because he was erratic. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was erratic, which is why his dad shot him. I didn't I think know that was the main the reason. I think. Um, so anyway, instead. He recorded the album Here My Dear, which is all about how bad the divorce was. And it's hor- it's a horrible, sad album. And the name Here My Dear, dedicated to my ex-wife. And he <laughs> handed it in to Barry Gordy and said, here's your album. And it's all about your daughter. <laughs> and they Leave had to release it now. because they knew it would make a lot of money. And it meant he could pay off the ex-wife as well as fulfilling his contractual contractual obligations to Motown. <laughs> well, there you go. That, that's an interesting story. But then the what album, did his dad shoot him? The album, because the album wasn't very good. Because <laughs> <laughs> his dad thought the album was about him. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Number three. Well, I got that one right, didn't I? You did get that one right. Kind well of. done. Thanks. This easy Hell. quiz. Which former blues rock band from the UK struck big in 1977 with an album full of songs about breakups 
and affairs within said band. Would that be Fleetwood Mac then? Yes, it would be. And the album. Good. Rumours. Okay, you got two there. You got two out of three. You're having a good. Have you seen his cherry balls on rumours? I'm not. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Are you not? I like the inclusion of the cherry balls. I do love Fleetwood Mac. I think Fleetwood Mac are absolutely mint. I just love them. Do you do you love them? Mm-hmm. Do you? What's your favourite Fleetwood Mac song? Um, ooh. Ooh. Uh, probably, oh, it's a hard one. I think... It is a hard one. Shall I tell you mine? Ooh, yeah, you tell us yours. Go on. Sarah. Sarah, Sarah. is... Unbelievable. You love it? You Absolutely. Love that yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And there's lots of different things about like what, what it's about. Some yeah, well, think as it's usual, about. Um, I don't really like her songs massively. Do you not? She's general. mint, man. She's fucking mint. She's absolutely class. I like that. I love her. Obviously, I love Rhiannon. I think Rhiannon's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love Christine McVie's songs more than any of the other ones. <laughs> I do. You boring cunt. They're lo- <laughs> lovely, lovely songs about <laughs> Dennis Wilson. And She's stuff. a very cockney girl, isn't she? She Christine is very McVie. cockney. But I love, like, I think she's got the genuine heart and soul in the band. Like, I, the, oh, I, love, I like the weird, witchy stuff. Though, and that, love, that is my favorite. I, I love uh, Lindsey Buckingham as well. Like I think his songs are, are great. Yeah, I love his guitar playing. I think, I think his guitar playing is absolutely amazing. Um, it's unbelievable. But yeah, I think when you come to like, what's my favorite song? I would say, um, is it off Rumors? Tusk. Tusk. Don't like that song whatsoever. Tusk. It's rubbish. Do you know? I'll quite like it. I like Tusk. I don't know. I can't think. Is it you make love and fun? I don't know. <laughs> right, there you go. It's not as good as Sarah, obviously. But there you go. I think uh, on Rumours, I, I, I kind of prefer the album. Never going back again on Rumours, isn't it? And that yeah, is that's, like that's amazing. A genius acoustic. And obviously, I mean, they've got the massive songs on Rumours, which are pretty much unbeatable. <laughs> yeah. Dreams yeah. don't stop, go your own way, and the chain are all amazing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, the other ones never going back again is superb. I don't want to mm-hmm. know. Amazing songbirds, fantastic. You make love and fun is one of my favorites. Song the songbird uh McBee song. I think it is. Yeah, it is, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, secondhand news, I don't like oh daddy. Yeah, and I don't like gold dust women. Woman, I don't like the last. Well, two I do like gold dust women. Yeah. I think that's great. Yes, uh-huh. I don't like the last two very much. Well, there you go. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we do Fleetwood Mac then. Yeah, let's do a Fleetwood Mac one because there's lots mm-hmm. of stuff to talk about. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be um, all fucking day. Uh, the last two questions are very short because I stopped Karen. Um, right. What which crooner released in the wee small hours in 1955? Crooner in the wee small hours of the morning. 
What's this got to do with the rest of the... The breakup quiz? album? He's sitting at the bar, pissed because he's split up with someone. Is he? George Formby? That's the one. Frank Sinatra. <laughs> well, I was going to say him. And no, number five. Which mad rapper released 808 and Heartbreaks in 2008? Craig David. No. <laughs> he is a mad rapper. And it's he, the American Craig that. David. Dr. Dre. Kanye West. <laughs> Don't ask. Uh, right. There's a ban on Kanye West on is this it? podcast. Yeah. I don't like the man. I called him a mad rapper. I didn't say a genius. Yeah, well, I just, I just don't like him. In fact, there's just a ban on rap. Well, a ban, whole... ban. Okay. Okay, granddad. <laughs> ban rap. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Brett. I think you got six out of five there. So well I done. Don't think I, I don't think I did, um, did we've I? We've got some music, haven't we? We certainly do have some music, and this is music that you were not sorted out because you can't be bothered to do shit like that. That's I my requested job, it. it. You requested it, yeah. It's like, uh, you know, as if you are ringing into some radio show or something like that, Alan Robson's Night Owls, mm-hmm. and just said, can I have this, Brett? And <laughs> I just went ahead and got it. You did? Well the, done, these, we, we, We've got Professor Yaffle. And yes, they're absolutely amazing. They I've been great. listening to them a lot. Yeah, I've band I've listened to for a, a good while. Like I can't remember how I first listened to them, but they're a band from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. The reason the you know who Professor Yaffle is, obviously, is from Bagpuss. Yes, um, I do know that. Is he an owl? He's a bird of some he's sort. A bird, isn't he? Yeah. Um, the reason uh-huh. it this stood out when I first saw the name. It was because on Top Flight Time Machine podcast, when they were doing the Roy Keane uh, autobiography deep dive, they uh, somehow decided that he was haunted and tortured by Professor Yaffle. Uh, and, then right. I, and then the name popped up on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, I'll listen to them. And turns out yeah. I absolutely loved them. Great, great band. They are amazing. In a very much in the Liverpool tradition of like Shaq and stuff like that. That really melodic, but, yeah. um, har- harmony-laden, like semi-psychedelic. But there's also a very psychedelic element to them, yeah. which I, I really enjoy. And it, it sort of, if there were, if it was 1995 or 1996, they'd be on top of the pops, I think. Do you reckon? Yeah. I think they're that good. I think they're I absolutely think they class. deserve to, but like, who knows? Shaq weren't. They should have been. Yeah, that's just what I think. Well, but this well, one's called nice. Beyond the Reach of Your Mind. Yes, and it's brilliant. So let's play it. And thank you, everyone, for yes. listening. And uh, yeah, listen to this. Listen to Bob Dylan. Listen, watch The Pig. Whatever you want to do, just have a good week. And we'll be back next week for sure. For sure. We will indeed. See you.
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.